0: My son, he's 10 years old and I've been chatting with him and he's been kind of getting picked on a bit at school. And I think that it's just these kids kind of chirping or roasting and it usually gets a laugh. But my son really doesn't like that. Which is weird because he's your son and you bully him the most. Right? Of of <laughs> As Ben was telling me these things, like it was building up to the point, I'm like, just punch him in the face. And I'm like, no, I can't tell my son to do that. We got to do these other steps first. Three T's. Talk, tell, tackle. <laughs> if you got some time to relax your mind, come with breakfast with The Real Dad Podcast. Welcome to the Real Dad Podcast. I hope you have had yourself just a splendid day. I hope you have yelled at your kids only two times today. (laughs) Um, And I hope you're ready for some dad fun. Dad fun? I don't know. (laughs) Let's not roll with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho's,
2: let's dad. I'm Dave. I'm Mark. I'm Joey <laughs> and I'm Brian. Oh, so let's dad.
0: Let's dad. What did you think? like that.
2: What let's did you dad. Think? I'm always,
1: always excited to hear what you come up with at the beginning of the episode, I got to say. <laughs> me I like Let's dad. I, I like let's dad. That's good. It. Dad. That's good. It.
3: It's better mm-hmm. than it's your favorite dad's cuz we've talked about that before. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think
2: we I don't it's think we're in that vain. category. Yeah, that doesn't okay. work.
3: Okay. I think we're fantastic dads, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of spectacular dads out there.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. Let's dad. You liked it, yeah? Right. It thumbs bad. up. It was great. Thumbs All up. Right. Two thumbs up. Well, leave a review and let us know what you thought about let's dad. Anyways, <laughs> um, so speaking of dadding, yes, I've got a question on whether or not uh, I'm, I'm a bad dad or not. Very good. Okay. Usually um, the
1: answers. Mm, yes.
0: <laughs> in these in these scenarios, so I'm trying real I'm record. trying real hard to be a good dad in this situation. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. um my son, he's ten years old. And I've been chatting with him And he's been kind of getting picked on a bit at school Right And it's hard because I know that like Kids can chirp each other a little bit And I think that it's just these kids Kind of chirping or roasting And they think it's funny because they think it's the culture They think whatever they're doing is like You make fun of somebody and you're laughing Right And it usually gets a laugh But my son really doesn't like that Mm. It's not floating It's not going
2: well with them which is weird because he's your son and you bully him the most. Right. I <laughs> thought I prepared. <laughs> I thought I did. Um,
0: but yeah, so I, I was chatting with them and this one kid, particularly he's kind of like the, uh, the alpha of the group. I would say he right. is the one that kind of starts it and they kind of team up on Ben a little bit. Uh, and, and I've, been trying to talk to Ben about how to deal with it and how to deal with bullying. Right. And I'm realizing that my way of dealing with bullying is punch the kid in the face. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm okay. trying real hard to say like first you need to talk to him and tell him <laughs> to stop. Then you need to talk to a teacher and if it's not stopping then then you need to punch him square in the face. Yes. Th- tees. That's third three T's. Are you it. okay with a third tr-
2: Talk tell tackle. Are That's you, what I do. You're clear. And I was that? like teaching my daughter how to throw punches. And then I went a little too ham. And I think I broke her wrist. Like I didn't break her wrist. But <laughs> Wait, <what>? she, <laughs> like, she was, well, was punching. Like, she was doing the punching yeah. okay. whether I broke her wrist. Or okay. you know, she was punching, but she was like being all flimsy whimsy about it. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. Hold it, lock, lock it, it. it, and hammer. And then she's like, and she always like plays this card like dad was playing too rough because she knows i'm gonna get fucked up after (laughs) (laughs) anyways those are my three t three t's i think i got it from tiktok you did i've seen that video it's a good one
0: i don't like my way of dealing with it when i was younger was just scrapping and then it would get better so like i can vividly remember and i might have told this story before in the past Mm -hmm. but i'll tell it again but like playing hockey and every year There was always, like, two age groups, and this year it was with me. I was the younger age group and the age group above, and these two guys were picking on me, and I was just like, enough's enough and started scrapping with the one guy. And, like, you have cages and gloves on, but you're still, like, I just punched him in the helmet and then was like, I'm done. Like, you're not doing that anymore, and they stopped, and they, like, everything was fine and they liked right. me and we were friends and i'm like is that the right way to deal with it and my wife and i are not on the same page with this <laughs> so we are on the same page with a lot of things in yeah, life right. but fighting is not one of those. Okay. she would be like never throw a punch in We'd her ju- opinion
1: we just had this conversation at home because oh. joey and i were talking about bullying today actually we were. <laughs> but I, maddie well, I and i <laughs> <laughs> so she was walking to school with a kid Um, that walks by our house every day and he's super nice kid says hi every time he walks by he's like hey you're the guy." like yeah kind of and then uh (laughs) but he's really nice and today maddie ended up walking with him and he was telling he had two chunks of ice in his hands and maddie was like what is that about And he's like, "Well, there's these two kids that bully me on the way to school, and this is just for my protection." Oh man,
2: are you serious? One hundred percent. And so
1: she said, while they were walking to school, the two boys were like walking directly behind them, and Maddie like went to the side because she had like figured out what was going on. So she like went to the side and told the boys, "Like, you guys can walk past." And they're like, no, like he's just gonna throw those like chunks of ice at us when we pass by, and she's just like, no, he's not. Like- I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like to the point where he's like allowed to leave school early so that he walks home ahead of these
2: kids so that they don't wait, bully. Wait, wait, wait. Him. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. So that the the school obviously knows about this. Police, and- school, everything, and oh their solution God. is just like let this guy out a little early. Like they don't talk to, like there's no slap I don't slap know the enough wrist. about the situation. Man. Brian, Whoa. get us the let's, <laughs> let's Go, <laughs> Let's go. This is what he told Maddie. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Wow.
1: So it brought up like a conversation with us. Yeah. Joey and I. Um, but yeah, I was saying the same thing to Maddie because she, she's like, well, what do we say to Leo if he's getting bullied at school? And it's like, tell your teacher. I'm like, yeah, but what if they say, if you tell your teacher, I'm going to beat you up after school. It's like, that doesn't fix anything. Yeah, right. So and I'm like, at some point, like, you're going to have to, you might have to defend yourself. Yeah, 100%. I'm not a very, like, violent person myself, but yeah. I've well, never been bring in Bring
2: them on to Uncle Mark. I'll teach him a few <laughs> things. I'll <laughs> teach him a few things.
1: But it might come to that. Like, yeah, I've never had to deal with that, thankfully, knock on wood, but. Yeah, and it, it is,
0: it's a hard thing to be able to teach them oh, and man. teach them how to handle. And in this circumstance, it is like the smallest kid in the class is the one who is kind of like the ringleader and he is like roasting and making fun of people. And this is where I don't know if I'm the bad dad, because as Ben was telling me these things in bed, I was just like, Oh, here's what you should say to him. And I'm just like, Oh shoot. I shouldn't have (laughs) said that. And then I was like, cause I was like, Oh, like, good job, like, do those jokes make you feel bigger because you're so short? Like, do yeah. these jokes make you yeah. feel like you're big because you're little? And yeah. I'm like, I'm teaching Ben to chirp him back, and I'm like, I don't know if I should be teaching you this, no. and to the point where I'm like, dude, I'm just giving you bad advice here. I'm gonna go <laughs> let mom step yeah. in the see getting fired up. <laughs> because my advice is not going in the right direction, and you probably need an adult in this <laughs> and, But, like, it was almost bringing up, like, those feelings because like I can remember being a kid and like certain circumstances or being picked on or even if it's just targeted with a joke and like everybody's Mm -hmm. laughing at your expense yeah. and that feeling that you feel in that moment as Ben was telling me these things like it was building up to the point I'm like just punch him in the face (laughs) and I'm like no I can't tell my son to do that we got to do these other steps first but why like
2: I, I get why you can't but like at what point (laughs) To Brian's point at what point is it that you're like Okay we're gonna have to defend Like you're gonna have to learn how to defend yourself So
0: here's what I did then So because I don't want him to jump to that And because it's not a bullying Situation I don't think my son can be a little bit more sensitive. I'm a sensitive guy. I can get that in and him. And you
2: torment him like you literally
0: <laughs> no, torment no. him. <laughs> I'm
1: a loving father. You, you Mark. paint that picture sometimes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
3: He loves he, harder than he chirps, so it's he, okay.
0: <laughs> he doesn't take it well, and I like from hearing the stories. I'm like, I think this is a. I think this kid's still your friend, and he's just making jokes, like like I we make know, jokes about each other like we yeah. chirp each other like it's a the kid's a hockey player so I don't know if it's that hockey player mentality mm. or whatever mm-hmm. where it's like they just joke and chirp each other I think I'm like dude I think this is the way that he thinks he's being funny or friendly even right, right? so I didn't want to jump right to punch the kid in the face so <laughs> but I did I messaged the dad because it was one of those things where I'm like how I did wonder- you get the dad's contact because We know, like, we want to know some of the kids' friends, so like, we've had him out to birthday parties before. Like, this isn't like a random kid, but, like, do this you keep is, a like, rolling a Friend. Or... Oh, okay. Well, oh, so no, my wife had that. I don't okay, have that. I was gonna <laughs> be like, I, I, I got joy don't... to send me the number, okay. Okay, but I texted him because we had brought it up to the teacher before because the kids were playing this like uh hat game where they would steal your hat and they would throw it around and got like it. your monkey in the middle style, mm-hmm. but then it would end up in the water and he wouldn't have his toque in the winter and you would be soaking water. So, bullying and... got it exactly. Yeah but I, it's hard to know sometimes what the whole story is because you're just getting the story from your kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, is this only happening to you or are they then taking somebody else's hat and doing it? Mm. Somebody else in the middle. So you like, you have to kind of learn and try to get the story that you're not getting from your kid necessarily. Interesting. So I I messaged the dad just to see, and he said he, he messaged or he talked to his son about it and he showed him the message. And, thankfully like I sent a second message because I sent the first one just kind of saying like I don't know what's going on here it seems like he's kind of picking on Ben I'm like then I sent another one saying I think it might just be chirping or joking around but Ben doesn't take it that way yeah so then when he read that to him he's like oh yeah like that's what it is and the kid like was able to acknowledge it so they were able to then have that conversation on their side of like it's okay to chirp people here and there, but you need to make sure that the people
2: are okay with it. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm not buying it. I think this kid was bullying and then he used your out <laughs> he as used a note. Used it, it could 100%. be percent yeah.
0: But to the point where I told Ben, I'm like, we'll talk about it, we'll deal with it. So we've already talked to the teacher once about it, and the yeah. teacher's more aware <clears throat> of it. There was a supply teacher today. So I think the chirping was a little higher because the supply or the regular right. teacher wasn't there to shut it down. Getting right. away with it. Um right. but now I and I had a hard time knowing whether or not I should go to the other kid's parent too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, should you let the kids work this out on their own? And I felt like I want to just message the parent to see and get them involved in it because I'm clearly involved with it at home and they might just not be aware of what's going on. But I had told Ben, I'm like, we'll talk about it. I'll talk about it with them Mm -hmm. and we'll see where it goes. If it keeps going, then a punch in the face is necessary. Like to me, it's like, that's the... You need to get your message across at some point that you need
1: to stop. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to teach or I want to teach our kids kind of how to read the room. So even if yes. he's even he's if even if he's not the one being picked on, like just to show like tell him like look at the kid who's kind of being like chirped. Yeah. yeah. If they look like they're having a good time, that's one thing, but you need to be able to recognize when it's they're not having fun anymore. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And it's like totally fine to stick up for that kid. Like go talk to the teacher or like say something yourself. Like I want him to feel comfortable to like interject in those situations.
0: Which is hard because I think they get into that like leader mentality and like that pack life as kids where there's the one kid that kind of sets the bar and sets the precedent of where things are going. And then you need to like, how I don't know how you give that kid that Uh, confidence to stand up and stop in that moment. It's interesting.
2: I have,
3: I have very many thoughts.
2: <laughs> I thought we were talking about Valentine's Day. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get there, nah. <laughs> okay? Valentine's, <laughs> <Day-ish> Valentine's Day, <laughs> <laughs> Um
3: Yeah, I'm. As Brian mentioned, we chatted about this today, and then I had a therapy appointment today. So then our conversation kind of bled into that. Oh, um, interesting. So I've unpacked a lot of this today. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, Wait, hold
2: on. You're shorter, so are you the <laughs> ringleader? Are you no, like a bully? No, no, no. Okay. Uh,
3: okay. Yeah, no, I was bullied pretty much from grade two till when I left high school is what Same. I've come to realize. Yeah. Oh. Um, and a lot of it was, so. yeah, like not solidly. I don't want to paint a picture of me like literally getting beat up every day because I still had a lot of friends, especially through high school. There was just a couple of kids who decided that i was the one to be picked on and yeah. a lot of it is because they knew i wouldn't do anything about it right that i would just take it um i think there's a the couple of thoughts that i was having first of all like i think the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway for you dave specifically in this situation which makes you an incredible dad and nowhere close to a bad dad is your son came and talked to you about it mm. like that is the biggest thing is that your children know that you're the safe place
2: to come and talk to <clears throat> take all the time you need
3: I didn't have that.
0: Mm.
3: Right. So realizing that I went through all of that for the better part of 10 years without talking to anybody about it. Just right. because I didn't have that
2: place to go for it. That was a lot to realize today. <laughs> no yeah. You have it now. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Um,
3: but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for us as dads, for our kids, is to have these conversations starting now. Right To say, like you're saying, Bri with Leo, like he's a younger kid, but you're able to have those conversations now by reading the room, understanding and seeing what bullying is so that they know what that is coming back at them. Yeah. Um, because I grew up with it kind of at home too, but that is how I interacted with my closest brother, Josh, in particular, is we were always on each other's cases. We fought all the time. It was just kind of what brothers do. Mm -hmm. That's what you grow up thinking anyway. Um... Now, looking back, obviously, our relationship wasn't great when we grew up, but I think that right. made us kind of tighter as we got older. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that being able to recognize it and see it for what it is so that you know when it's time to talk to an adult about it so mm-hmm. that it doesn't True. get to a point where you have to physically defend yourself. Right. I think if it gets to that point, that's when you're in trouble. Um there shouldn't really ever be a point where you have to (laughs) physically defend yourself against somebody else, right? Um, I think that one of the big things is like what I'm hoping to do with my kids as they get older is give them the confidence to isolate that person into a conversation
2: because that's what kids
3: never want to do like that's awkward as hell when you're a kid to be like hey man can we talk like (laughs) human to human yeah Yeah." i know i've never said that to another kid my (laughs) entire time growing up right but to give you give that confidence to be like not necessarily in the moment because the kid's not going to be responsive in the moment but if you can catch them on a lunch or on a recess where it's not happening and just like hey, can we talk? Like, yeah. <laughs> Some of the stuff you're saying, I, that's a trigger for me and it's pissing me off. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to fight you. I think we're friends. So can you
1: back off on that stuff? So I think yeah.
3: that's a lesson that I want to try to instill.
1: Yeah, and I think, but there, you're still going to run into situations where a kid doesn't have proper support behind him yeah, or her and they're not going to know how to handle that conversation yeah, either. Right. Yeah. Right. And so things could still go south anyway. But yeah, I think that's a great, A great point is just like make it really like human to human. Like let's just talk it out. But at what age is like it's so tough when they're like small (laughs) for that to happen. And like and it is interesting
0: because it is the what you learned and how you do it. So like me growing up, I can remember my dad teaching me like self-defense moves at one point where it was like, this is how you're going to have to defend yourself. Or this is how, if you do get into a fight, how you need to fight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I can remember those moments. And like, so that's why like, I, as a kid dealt with it with violence yep. and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't the one to talk about it. If we're, right. it's like, if you cross the line, then I was going to tackle you and we were going to go. Right. And that was <laughs> going to solve the problem mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't want that to be my son's future and stuff, but then right. it, it might sometimes go to that. And I don't, I, I don't know. My wife says that it should never need to go to that. Mm-hmm. And there is a good point to that. Does it always like, does violence have to be the
2: thing that stops the The
0: battle or the struggle or the bullying,
2: I just think that most bullies come from a violent like place, and I think that's all they know, yeah, whether that's anger, whether that's whatever it is, but in my situation, most bullies don't like to be bullied back right, so they that's why they usually pick on on the the easy target if you will, yeah but we're also from a different way different generation where like l- like light years behind where things are at right now in terms of like no tolerance nothing right. whereas like bullies <laughs> were known when we were growing up and the solution was just like ignore them go like the other way like teachers knew that, who the bullies were and that's not to say that they don't know who they are now but i just feel like there's more of a rally cry now than there was when we were growing up but the ramifications are that much greater now because there is that zero tolerance so there isn't a way for kids to get used to it or read the room or mm-hmm. figure out different types of things but they're it, like talking about it is way more accepted now than it was back when we were growing up yeah, at least right. for me i don't know like w- And I literally don't know, but,
1: and maybe we'd have to talk to a teacher to get answers on this, but like, Mm -hmm. what are, what can a teacher actually do outside of like, if, I don't know, if they, unless they're seeing it physically happen, right? Like, what can they actually, what can a principal actually Mm -hmm. do about it if a kid's coming and complaining about a bully? It's like, you can have conversations with those other kids, but outside of that, like, what can they do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: especially, like, in your circumstance that Maddie was explaining, like, yeah. when it's off school grounds yeah. and stuff, too, right? Yeah. Then that's a whole other circumstance. Yeah. And that's where, like, for me, even with my son, being the oldest, like, one, this is another circumstance that I didn't know how to be able to tackle because I wasn't picked on much right, as a kid. Right. Um, I, if anything was probably the dick being the one picking on people, 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, makes
2: good TV though. <laughs> probably though.
0: That yeah. checks it. That definitely checks it. I was a bit of a dick when I was a kid. When I was a kid, right? Get when you were now? you're okay. yeah, totally okay. fine. Totally so this, <laughs> this was never, right. Something that I thought I would have to deal with with my kid. Like, I thought if anything, like things would be fine. But he mentions, like, it's not just this one kid, like, this other person picked on me, this Mm -hmm. other person. I'm like, why are you the butt of everything? Like, why are you the one that's getting picked on? Like, is it something you're doing? Like, are you being annoying? Are you being <laughs> wow. like, are you? You can't put, you can't put that on. No, I didn't say you that to say him, it. but I'm no. like, okay. I'm trying to figure out like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. is it that you're the one that's getting picked on in these okay. circumstances? And I don't know if it's also that he is the oldest in our family. Right. And if that makes a difference where a lot of these other kids in his class are the youngest in their family. So yeah, whether I would say they have their older siblings picking on right. them and yeah. then they go to school and do that because they think that's what you do. Yeah. And then Ben being the oldest, he's like, well, I don't understand what. why are they doing this to me? Yeah, yeah. That's
3: a good <laughs> yeah. Point. there's a level of that for sure, I think, for him. Because when you have those kids coming in with that attitude already, then right. <laughs> yeah. that's what you're going to be met with. Um, the other thought I had of like, it kind of goes along with Brian's point, but like as much as there's way less tolerance for it now, I almost feel like teachers have way less that they can do about anything. Yeah. That's what I mean. So that was kind of what we talked about today was like, you could talk to the parents but especially if those aren't great parents, in my opinion, I'll say it that way. Um, they're people. just gonna fall on deaf ears, anyways. Yeah, right. If yeah. they're like, "Okay, well, my kid's just stronger than that kid, so that's why they're bullying them." So right. say, Levy. La <laughs> at yeah. least it's not mine, right? Yeah. And then what do you do, right? There's no playbook for that because yeah. if like parents have been notified, the kids know everybody is happening, but that it's still going on, that's right? Like, Then Then you rally enough people on your side (laughs) and
1: then it's a war. (laughs) (laughs) Or that kid gets like, like punished severely. Right. And then they come back and they bully like, like, you know what I mean? They double down. Like that's the scariest thing about a house. That's not necessarily a safe place for a kid. Yeah. So to come back to
0: your therapy session, Mm -hmm. um, with you saying that you went the majority of your life, not dealing with it. And so was your coping mechanism with bullying to ignore or dismiss and stuff? And how do you think that affected you in a positive way or a negative way? Should we have our, should we encourage our kids to have thicker skin Mm -hmm. and just say like, it is what it is and brush it off. Right. Or, Did that affect you in a negative, positive, where do you think things lie there?
3: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as far as physical violence was concerned, it was to run away because I was always faster than all the bullies. So that's the one thing I had going for me. I was a little guy, but I could run fast. So it was definitely a (laughs) turn and run. Um, I do think it gave me a thick skin, especially since the way that mine and my brother's relationship was, was the same at home. There wasn't really much of a break from it. So from an early age, that just being the way it was, I was telling her about the guy in high school, which I found funny. So he was a guy in drama class. Um, and he literally just used me as a punching bag. So he'd show up as soon as I would see him, he'd start punching me in the arm and then until class started and then we'd start class. Um, but I saw him a couple of years after school. So Meg and I were together, and we had gone down to a chase game. And I saw him and his fiance I think at the time, and she went to our high school as well. So we like struck up a conversation. Hey guys, how's it going? And we were talking with him. but he just stood like that little bit away from all of us, <laughs> you're like- and wouldn't look at me. Where I'm like, it and it wasn't. It didn't seem like it wasn't fear. Like I'm, I'm still not that big of a guy at that point, and like. But he just, you could feel the awkwardness off of him. Where it was like, me and Meg were having a conversation with, exactly, where it's just like, I think he realized who I was and how
2: shitty of a person he was back then. You think that it was like... Guilt, like a guilty conscience I think of? it was
3: a bit of that like really I feel shitty but now I don't know what to do where it's like of your other interaction as soon as we see each other ah. he start teeing off on me he's not going to tee off on me here yeah <laughs> right so it's like yeah. now he doesn't know how to hold himself or compose himself or have a conversation so it's wild. like that's what his relationship was with me so that was a very strange interaction but I do think that the positive I got from it was the thick skin that I have yeah. where now I can care less what other people think of me for the most part when it comes to that level of bullying and opinion on my life and judgment on my life. Um, I the negative side was just how it was dealt with at the time and the inability to talk to somebody about it because right. I wasn't the type to tattle or tell people. So right. that I wasn't telling teachers or parents or principal so when you're holding that in i think that's when it can get dangerous especially if you don't have a loving family at home right because that's what i did have was a loving support at home yep which meant that it didn't go to a dark place for me and that's where i can see where it goes for kids where if like that's all you're dealing with and you don't have a loving family at home to build you back up exactly now you're getting pits of anxiety depression and all that the kids are dealing with and if you're dealing with that at a young impressionable age that's when you have kids that go down a dark path. Right. So that's that that speaks
1: to your character a lot though, that, um, you dealt with all of that. And today I would say that you're fairly close to a pacifist. Mm -hmm. you I respond to these types of things with love and not, uh, in with fists, basically, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, Like, and I think that's, I amazing. Like I, wouldn't wish those types of situations on anybody um so i think that's pretty cool
3: it is neat and she asked me it's funny she was like why do you think you've never turned to the violence or like do you know why and i was like Hmm. honestly i don't know i'm like i can maybe just account that to my family because there was no violence at home um but i was like i honestly don't know like (laughs) by all rights i probably should have you think that's why
2: you listen to death music (laughs)
3: <laughs> i don't
2: listen to death music well i mean it's I dabble impressive. a little that's brian's it's not music. quite brian's yeah. Brian. <laughs> not quite brian's
3: music i didn't discover it till later so maybe if i discovered it earlier no then it would have been an outlet
1: yeah it's an outlet yeah 100
3: it lets the rage out
1: okay
2: so then it, um dealing with d- coming to this discovery now mm-hmm. in that you're an adult does that at all change how you plan on raising your kids at all i'd say it affirmed it interesting for me. um this was
3: something that i think we've had discussions about um on and off but i think that was already something that i wanted to initiate and something that megan and i have talked about my wife in our relationship and how we want to parent right. is that creating a safe space for your kid yeah. yeah as far as dealing with actual bullying situations i don't know yet we haven't crossed that bridge yet got it i haven't gotten down it so i'm interested to see and continue to unpack what that is do you think that would be a trigger though uh, it will be, for sure. And that's yeah. part of Brian and I's discussion yeah, today. I yeah. was like, I don't know how I'm going to react, especially if it doesn't get resolved. Got it. Because as much of a pacifist as I am, I think it's going to be different with my kids. Got it. Where it, yeah. Like, I don't want protective. it to, her, but I don't want to get it to a point, especially if it's my daughter, of being like, either this gets settled or I settle it with the parent. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's how. That's, I was that's... legit debating
0: whether or not it's okay to go over and punch a 10-year-old in the face. <laughs> like, no, no, is no, no, no. Is no, no, this, no, no, this illegal for me to do?
1: Or? There's no debate. I, 100% I, illegal? I, do not. <laughs> do not do that. I,
2: I joke again. I can I can I 100% will punch a 10-year-old in the face. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Here's Hear me out, though. It's like the parents that I worry about because my wife is a... F- firecracker oh, so yeah. mom dead like she just gets murdered and then I have to be like guilty by association like I'm gonna have to go in there now this whole family is subjected to violence because their kid decided to be a Dave Kenny you know what I mean
0: and it was like one thing that did come up while I was having this conversation with my son uh, because he was kind of telling me like today was a bit of a bad day for him where he Mm -hmm. kind of got picked on a bit from multiple sources and one was a couple girls that were picking on him and they had apparently like clawed him in the arm even and like we're right. being like mean and part of me is thinking in the head well they might have a crush on you yeah. but then two is also like i just told you to punch a bully if you if it comes to it and i'm like right. you yeah. never punch a woman like you never punch yeah. a girl yeah. like that is something that doesn't happen yeah and i'm yeah. like he was like but if I run away, then they'll call me a, a wussier or something. And I'm like, yes, they will. And you say, I'm happy to be. Yeah. And you yeah. run. You just run as far as you can the other direction. <laughs> you do not punch that yeah. girl at all. You just run, my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So guess. there is like a differentiation that I had to make sure yeah. that I made there that if he hadn't said something, I don't know if I would have. And right. then as a right. kid, he just hears the one thing. And then is like, well, dad said that like, if I've talked to somebody and they're not stopping, then this is what I do. And I'm like, <laughs> Shit, no, like, that's not what I meant. So you had to be very clear, even yeah. though like at this age, they're still very much the same size. Right. If not, like the girls are towering over <laughs> the boys
1: right now. I think that what I've just decided is I would never recommend that they fight, but if they did, I would completely understand and i would respond
0: so that's a good point in general in general just in general generally speaking because and that's what i had said to ben where i said if the if something did happen i would i wouldn't you wouldn't be in trouble with me i would come to the school and i would talk to you about what happened and we would figure it out because i can remember my mom coming to the school to get me after I got into the principal's office for a fight and it was like, well, why did you fight this person? It was like, well, because he called my friend gay and was picking on my friend. So I fought him. Right. And it was one of those like,
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. You picked up like you, you're, right. you were standing up for your buddy. And like, I didn't get in trouble for that, mm-hmm. which also like instituted the thought in my <laughs> head that that's how you're okay to solve problems, right, yeah. which isn't the best thing to do. But right. the, sorry. <clears throat> no.
1: Oh, uh, the one thing I was going to say is um, you, you, I, I saw a clip about a similar situation and the dad was basically saying, cause the kid had to go to the office and they had to deal with the consequences of their actions, but at home they didn't get in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, you have to understand that there are consequences for your actions. Yeah. So you need to basically, you need to, if you do something like that, you need to know that you're probably going to get in trouble, but is it worth it? <laughs> like, right. yeah. You know what I mean? but and when you come home you, we're going to respond with love and care and we're going to make sure that you own up like you deal with the consequences basically but like yeah. your home is your safe place
0: yeah and sorry more along the conversation because mm-hmm. i'm like i'm sharing this is the conversation i'm having with my son like yeah. as i'm yeah. tucking him in bed and like i'm talking to him about it i'm like if it if it comes to it, and you do end up having to punch this kid or fight this kid or whatever. Yeah, then Fuck I'm like, him up. I was like, no, but like, yes, Mark he's the Marks he's a smaller kid. Finals. So my son's a smaller kid in his class too. Right. But right. he has a bigger friends. Right. So he also surrounds himself by like this other kid surrounds well, he himself knows by what bigger top. kids. Yeah. So, he, so yeah. I I had to say to him, I'm like, just so you know, like, he, these are his friends. They might jump in to help him out or to defend him too. So like, you right. need to either like make sure you're prepared for that or make Mm -hmm. sure for you're prepared for what could come. And it's just these like these bigger conversations that you're having Mm -hmm. with a kid. And I'm like, I I had to re like re say like, but we're not going to go to that. Right. We're going to talk about this first. We're going to deal with it. And if things keep on escalating, then I'll teach you how to be able to deal with something like that. Right. It's so funny. Which my wife, if she hears this, she's gonna, she's (laughs) gonna, she's gonna. gonna I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna be done. No, no. She is legit on like this. Might be the only fight that my wife and I get into about this. (laughs) (laughs) We've been together since like. We were teens, and we agree on almost everything except for this. This is the one thing that we are on like and opposite guns. ends of this. I would love guns.
3: Wow, she would not. I
0: just love them. I've always loved them since I was a kid. I would have like um, I would have like a bunker full of them. What's
2: wrong? As he pours
3: himself more whiskey. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I'm not that kind of guy. Now. Dave's moving down south. <laughs> <laughs> how old is ben 10 10 so grade 5 so grade 5 so
0: this is like pre-puberty for dudes yeah that's definitely like bully central yeah that's what kind of i can remember grade 5 grade 6 were those like transition years where there was like a lot kind of happening and then everybody kind of settled in Mm -hmm.
3: grade 7 grade 8 and then grade 9 is a whole different world going into high school right and that's where I think so much of it is situational too. And that's why the most important thing needs to be creating the safe place for your kid. Yeah. Because for me, if like the physical education was never an option because I was always the smallest kid.
2: Right. Like I was always
3: right. going to get my ass kicked. So that was never an option for it to escalate to that point. And you don't want to have that be the fallback in case it is like they get a bit older and the kids are a bit bigger. And it's like, okay, but if you take it there, now you're going to get your ass kicked and they're definitely not going to stop bullying you, right? Because right. <laughs> yeah. now they've just asserted their dominance on you. So it's so much of it situational, and that's why having that safe space for them to talk to you so that you can fully understand
2: the scope of what's actually happening to give that proper advice, right? It's, it's crazy what being bullied does to your self-esteem when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember um, my parents got divorced. when I was probably grade one or grade two, and I, went to, I had to go to a new school. And I was a new kid there, and these kids locked me in the, um, there was like a, a basement or like a couple sets of stairs, and there's a bathroom there. And that was the first time I learned what Bloody Mary was. And they locked me in this bathroom, and they start telling me about this Bloody Mary thing, and I'm bawling my eyes out, and bawling my eyes out. So then uh, after like the teacher comes out, and Miss Harris, God bless your soul if you're still around and listening to this, <laughs> I love you forever, uh, comes me, pulls me out of there, and then, now I'm known as the teacher's pet. So when I'm out on recess, now I'm like crying on the portable steps, just saying, I want to go home, I want to go home, mm-hmm. I want to go home. So then there's like this weird association when you get a little bit older that you meet all those kids again, like you were saying, but still being kids. Like I remember going to high school and and now reconnecting with this redheaded kid and it just brings back all of those insecurities that still are with me now. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so like anti bully. And like, I, I go straight to anger Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but I've now learning that I'm teaching my daughter to also go the the same way. Because Mm. when like, my wife and I are kind of like play fighting or whatever. She comes into the defense and like her first line of defense, like I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> and I was like, where did you hear that? Yeah. From? <laughs> and it's me. It's totally me because like, it's that fight or flight. Like you were saying yeah. like earlier, right. It's like, it's, it, uh, it's crazy what words can do to all of us. Yeah. It's, it's fucked.
0: Joey can attest to. I think it's a family thing on my side because oh, the Kenny. <laughs> there's just that Kenny thing that we we just like. I don't know if it's that jump to the defense of people, but it's like that injusticeness too, or yeah. mm-hmm. like in baseball where my dad would be playing catcher and he, my dad's like this old man playing back catcher, and we're in this men's league. And one of the guy, one of the batters might chirp him, and so and then my brothers like, "Pardon, like, what did you say?" Yeah. And then my dad, and then it's like, "Oh shit!" And I'm in the outfield. I'm like, "Are we going right now? Yeah. What's happening?" Yeah. Like, and Joey and everybody else is just laughing, like, "What the hell yeah. is Kenny's doing?"
2: But it's but it's we're it's also true.
0: known as like the most loving people yeah. you would meet too. So it, it is a very weird jump You're in our newfies. world. You, you got to be newfie <laughs> somewhere down the line. 100%. Irish, the Irish, yeah. The Irish. yeah. 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 100%
2: 100%. But that's it it's so funny because like I have five brothers and I remember like I wanted to go out somewhere so bad and my dad was like no absolutely not and then my brother was like can I go? And he was like yeah sure you didn't do anything and I took a I remember I had like a peanuts like like Charlie Brown metal garbage can and I beat the sh- shenanigans. Out of my brother with this garbage can Oh yeah just right boom Knocked him down and just went peppered Like (laughs) WWE style To the point where my dad was like What is wrong with you And uh, to this day I don't know what's wrong with me And we're my brother and I are fine But yeah it was like this weird kind of like (laughs) You snapped I (laughs) I tend uh, to snap I'd (laughs) like to
3: introduce you to Valerie (laughs) 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 So here's, I want to dive into this a little more. Not that specifically, um, but into the session a bit more. Um, cause I learned some really cool things in there today that she talked about analogy wise. Um, so the first was, uh, neuropathways and habits. So I know you read the Atomic Habits book as well. Yeah. I really like that yeah, book. Yeah, it's a great
2: book. Um, yeah. So my we, princess peony book beat it actually. Uh, it doesn't surprise in me. Sales. Another fantastic <laughs> yeah. book. Build like um, a princess available now on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but she was talking about it from a, a neuroscience point of view. So it's like when you create an, a neuropathway, which is like a thought, an action, whatever it happens and you don't. It never goes away. So when people are like, I've, I've already dealt with that in my past. That's gone. It's, like, mm. it's not gone. It's always going to be there. Because once uh. a neural pathway is formed, it exists forever in your head. You can forget about something, but it's always there. Now, the more you do that is when a habit gets created. And that neural pathway, she was explaining it like a groove. So like when you first do something, it's like that. And then the more you do it, the more it opens up and becomes this deep embedded neural pathway in your brain. Uh. So in this context, if... Physical altercation becomes the go-to way to deal with things that just gets deeper and deeper as the kid grows older, where all of a sudden that becomes the fallback, the automated way of dealing with things, which right. is how she explained it. Your brain goes into automated mode, and that's all you know. That's what your go-to move is becomes. Um, and then the other thing we talked about that I thought was really cool was um, the process of going to therapy, in her opinion, and how that works, was that each of us and our minds, she was like, uh, picture it as a house. You are a house. Everybody builds their own home in their mind. Nobody can build that home for you. Mm. But it's a a matter of how much of your blueprints were dictated by somebody else. So you picture somebody who didn't really have control over how they grew up. Like an overbearing parent was like, this is exactly how you're going to live your life. Their house was built on their parents' blueprint. And that is all. Where most people, you have influence from parents, you have friends, you have siblings. That all influence the blueprint of your house. So going through therapy is stripping things back to the studs to realize what blueprints were used to build different parts of your personality. To be able to understand them? Exactly. How they started, where they came from, and how they're currently affecting you. It's like you, you go back, go back, till you hit that core memory of like, okay, that's probably when this started. So, and these are all the things that kind of affected along the way. So she's like, you you strip it down, you put it back together, and you see if it works. If it's not working, then it was jacked up in the first place, and you need to realize, okay, what do you want to change about yourself? She's mm. like, that's the part of therapy that is the actionable change that you get into that nobody really knows about or talks about, where it's like, that's where you're actually changing how you react to different things, where you have to look at how you're reacting now, why you're reacting that way, mm. and start building new pathways, which are new habits, which mm. is what that Atomic Habit book talks about a lot. You need to replace a old habit that you don't want anymore with a new habit that you do want. So <laughs> I, was, I was speaking to it with uh, my life and being uh, someone who avoids conflict. So because I would always run away from the bullying and it was never talked about at home, that was how I, in my head, decided that's how conflict gets dealt with. You don't right. face it, you run away from it, or you don't deal with it. Where I want to be someone who can step in in those smaller situations yeah. where just have some verbal conflict and I'm able to actually get in there because right now I I know I will step in in a fight or flight situation because that in my life has been pretty consistent. But right. in those smaller situations where it's just an argument or whatever to not shut down and actually be able to get in there. And that only happens by actively doing it.
0: So you're saying that Mark replaced his pathway with Doritos. Yeah. And that's that's how he's been dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> Coping mechanism,
2: right there. Voice. I would suppose uh,
1: that's why going back to like childhood traumas is also important. Yeah, because you're yeah trying to retrain your brain. Yeah, you're following those, those point.
3: breadcrumbs back to where it kind of happened to right. un- to understand it because you can't really change it until you understand it. So. And. I think it's important to note in that like the
0: one thing that stood out to me is that it never goes away Mm -hmm. where I think a lot of people think or hope that with therapy or um, any type of ministry, even Mm -hmm. that it will remove that from them where it's never going to remove it from you. It is a part of you. It has created that pathway but it's understanding it and being able to move past it as mm. opposed to letting
3: that pathway dictate your reaction every single time. Exactly. And I think it's inserting a bit of hope. Like you can change that about right. yourself if you really want to. It's going to take a ton of work. Mm. You can't just be like, go to therapy, walk out. And I didn't walk out of there being like, cool, I'm good now. Yeah, I right. walked out of there being i like, oh god, this is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. But that's the hope aspect, right?
2: Like yeah. you yeah. can change those parts of yourself if you really put in the work to do it. So then tying it back to a feeling and emotions cuz this is like you've only done therapy sessions a handful of times am I correct This is my third one yeah Twa. Okay so if you take it back to emotions are you feeling better or same or worse about your decision to get therapy like do you find it is helping Uh yeah I yeah? felt really
3: good about it yeah okay.
2: I think just for
3: me it was about understanding myself more And it was interesting because we jammed on that a bit. I was telling Meg before I came here, I really like the way that she's operated in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody, like if you're deciding to go to therapy, uh, I was talking to another friend of ours about this recently. um, And she was saying that like, it's like a dating relationship you're not going to necessarily find the therapist you want to work with on the right. first time you right, have to yeah. talk to a few to see how that's going to jive. Because I could definitely see this being a negative experience. If I was dealing with a therapist that didn't approach the things the way she did, because this was kind of how I started the whole process on session one I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to understand myself better. Right. She's like, cool. Tell me about yourself. And right. like, we spent two, not even addressing that two mm-hmm. sessions. She just wanted to get to know me more. And then this session, she brought it back up. It was like, okay, this is why you came here and then that's when she got into the house analogy and talking about she's like that's why a lot of people do come but the irony in that is i can't do that for you it's like i'm a guide here but you are the only one who can go through your own head and figure out why you are or why you do the things that you do now going to therapy and seeing this person who can guide you through it is massively helpful in my opinion got it because they know how to ask those probing questions to lead you down those paths to so discover those different things.
1: Something interesting that I'm kind of picking up from where you started mm-hmm. and how you're talking right now is I feel like back when we first started talking about you going to therapy, I feel like I remember us talking about how you don't really experience emotion, <laughs> t- intense emotion. So yeah. it's like you, didn't re- you don't really experience sadness that much. Yeah. And then today you kind of broke down when yeah. you were talking about <laughs> bullying and it just made me realize that, like, yeah you ha- you kind of unlocked something in yourself mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's incredible. Yeah, um, but it and speaks to the power of therapy. Um, I and I am excited to see where it goes for you. But mm-hmm. it's just like maybe the, your obviously your neural pathways would lead you in a, a kind of defense mechanism. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And not allow you to feel those feelings, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is just super interesting, yeah. To note
3: that it's, yeah. it's an interesting part where that was my first therapy session. Like that's why I, how I brought a lot of it up was my lack of emotion in life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she kind of made it sadder today, but it is what it is because <laughs> that is kind of the resolution we came to. Is it's yeah. like it, it's a defense mechanism and to do with pretty much all emotion. I decided at a young age life was easier when I felt less. Yeah, right. because I didn't have an outlet to deal with it. So if I just
1: don't feel it, then I don't have to deal with the fact that I don't have an outlet for it. Right. Which <laughs> is kind of what we we almost yeah. thought was the case. <laughs> exactly. But until but you dive in, you don't
3: really... Exactly. Know. It's realizing the whys of how it got there. Right. I think that's the part that's been interesting to unpack and a cool journey and painful journey. But I think I kind of knew that going in. I think it it's been harder than I thought. To unpack a lot of the stuff, especially since a lot of it has to do with my parents. Mm. And that was kind of something going into it where I was like, I didn't want it to affect my relationship with them in a negative way. But at the same time, like she's been really good, my therapist, about talking me through that of like, you still need to give yourself permission to, challenge the way that you were raised and the way your home life was because your parents made mistakes right. because literally everybody makes mistakes. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> No parents are perfect. <laughs> that's what I love about that aspect of it, right? Though, mm-hmm. Like you're
0: learning about those mistakes that your parents made and you're actively making a choice to be different or make a exactly. better choice in mm-hmm. that, which is then stopping a generational chain of events happening. Right. Where you think of so often, if somebody doesn't search healing or fix yeah, you're not like, doing the
1: work yeah then yeah. it's
0: just like you're going to repeat the same things that your parents did yeah. because that's all you know um, unless something was bad enough that it stirs you in another direction but mm-hmm. i love that aspect of it because we're here talking to dads and having these real dad conversations right. mm-hmm. and we want to encourage dads to be able to deal with those things yeah. and i think that's a conversation that In our world, I feel we have because I feel like we're very vulnerable and open with each other. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the landscape of men and dads, it's not there. And those open dialogues and those open conversations of dealing with those past hurts, traumas, events in your life that have created those neuropathways as to who you are. They're not willing to dive into Mm -hmm. those to find out what is going on and what's making those things happen. Right. But I find it interesting too. And I'm wondering if there's a therapy shift happening hmm. and I'm interested to know how your therapist handles things as far as whether or not they give you active advice or practical things that you can do. Because I think for a long time therapy was somebody to listen to. Right. And it was somebody that would just listen to what's going on in your life and they weren't necessarily allowed to, to give you advice on things Mm -hmm. to do and change in your life because of the potential lawsuits that they could have if (laughs) things went certain ways Mm -hmm. but i'm noticing in tv and media a shift in that where Jonah Hill did a documentary yeah. with his therapist and talking about it. And his therapist is like somebody who goes very much against the grain. And he's like, I'm not going to sit here and listen to everything of your problem. Yes, I'm going to listen, but I'm going to tell you what you have to do in order to make these changes right. mm-hmm. where other people aren't like other therapists, aren't necessarily willing to tell people what they, the steps they need to take in order right. to make those changes. And then I've been watching, um, uh, I think it's called Shrinking. Yeah, with uh, no it's really good. Yeah, and he is a therapist in it. Um, what's his name? Jason. Segal. Jason Segel. Yeah, and he's Segal. a therapist Segal. Segal. in it, and he is like reach rock bottom. But he's going against the grain. He's doing all the things that a therapist is not allowed or not supposed to do. And I'm curious to know whether or not therapy is changing in that direction mm-hmm. because media is talking about it more and like saying like these are the things we're talking about and if i tell somebody how to actively do something and it's working but then what are the repercussions that they might find in lawsuits and stuff down the way
3: and that's where it's it's again it has to be something that's person to person right you're gonna have different therapists that approach what they do differently and i think that's always gonna be the biggest risk too. like whoever they're uh i don't even know if they call them patients Client. Let's call it that. Uh, if they're more high risk for that, right? Like they're not going to give that type of advice to someone who's maybe more of a, if you're dealing with more of addiction, where it's like you're, you're dealing with a very thin line of someone who can cross a path and then go down a dark hole, right? So it's, yeah, person to person, but I'm, I'm excited for it. And that's why I think I've jived well with my therapist because she likes to educate. She's an educator herself. Um, and she likes to insert some of that okay, this is something you can work on when you're not here. Yep. Right. Which I think is valuable information.
2: Absolutely.
3: I want to make one more point that's more of a challenging point. So don't, we don't necessarily have to jam on it <clears throat> a bunch, but I wanted to I make like it. it. Um, and it's more towards the way I was raised, especially in the church. And uh, based on what we were talking about before, about uh, dealing with things in your past. And I feel like that's one area where um, Christianity in particular, and the way I've experienced it, has failed people a bit is that this concept of bringing old traumas and pains to god's feet and now they're gone right where that just doesn't make sense biologically neuroscience wise like it's not a thing it's not just going to be gone from you i think there's a ton of value in spirituality and having something that you can lean on and give things to and talk to if it's if you're not comfortable yeah that hope factor i think is what's big within spirituality but i think it's A dangerous thing to think that you can just take your problems to a being or to something and just have them be gone because it
1: requires like physical healing yeah and like like, we've gone through and i've been in the
0: room for a lot of uh different spiritual healing and spiritual therapy events and stuff like that whether it's theophostics which is very much like a, a dealing with inner trauma Mm -hmm. situation and they take a very therapeutic approach to it. And they just are using different spiritual like names and labels on things where I think a therapist does some very similar things to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree with you. And I think that's why one of the the things you had said there with the neuropathways always being there, like stood out to me because of that past with, with me and Mm -hmm. where, where people would go through these experiences and relive this, childhood trauma or this trauma in their life and invite Jesus into it to to find healing in something and see where it was and now this is gone and you're fixed right and it's like no that is always with you (laughs) but it's now learning how to be able to continue to move through and through and pass through things yeah and I think it is a it's an interesting and it's a dangerous line with when spirituality is trying to do the things of science but it's also like a very hard to balance line because Mm -hmm. spirituality and science battle and conflict a lot in a lot of different elements and lines Mm -hmm. so I do find it very interesting and I know people where it's been helpful for them and the things that they've gone through and I know people where it hasn't been helpful for them (laughs) with the things that they've gone through and I think so much of it just comes back to building that network and those Mm -hmm. people around you because Like, the more and more I see community, the more and more it means to me. And Mm -hmm. even, like, talking about our kids and our kids in school, and it's like, yes, there will always be those bullies, but if your kid has that one buddy that's going to stand by them, and that's going to either stand up for them, like Brian's hoping to do with Leo, or with if you have that that connection that person that is going to be there with you to be able to stand with you and same as we grow up the the community the building up of a community and having these people to talk to about all these things you you're getting to talk to a therapist about this you're bringing this information back to us because we're in community right. together and we're talking about all these things we have the ability to express and say what's going on in our life and have our friends speak into it where there's a lot of guys that don't have that, Mm -hmm. that just go by day by day doing their thing and they're living in this darkness and in this like heaviness because they don't have that outlet to be able to talk to their buddy at the end of the day or they, they try talking to their buddy and their buddy doesn't know how to deal with those emotions yeah. and those feelings. And then it's just like, ha well, yeah. Like let's watch <laughs> the really game, deep, right? Man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boobs, right? <Shoot. laughs> and and it, that is the reality of men. I think like that is what the world that we live in. And, and that's why we're doing this podcast because we want to create that community. We want right. to outreach. We want to grow our friendship, like our friend circle. We want to grow these conversations and, I've already had like DMS of people messaging us with conversations that we have and how they've impacted them and how it's hit them. So Mm -hmm. that's what encourages me to keep coming out here at whatever nine, 10 o'clock at night to have (laughs) these conversations, because like this isn't a conversation we're going to have in between games at basketball. Right. It's just not something that you're going to get into where being able to sit down and have these conversations in this atmosphere is something super special that we have amongst ourselves. And, I don't know, I wonder how we help create that environment for other people.
3: Well, and I think you it's hard hard to create that environment for other people that we're not connected with. But as you're saying that, for people that are connected to us, I think it's just about living that life a little louder. Right. Where, like when you said that, the thought that popped into my head was like, on Saturday at hockey, one thing I (laughs) want to try to do in the locker room is just to have a second be like, hey guys, listen up. This is going to be weird. But if any of you are going through a really tough time right now, We're trying to do more actionable, like, practicing what we preach here. So reach out. Like, we're all on. You all have everybody's number. If you're having a hard time, please just text somebody. Yeah. All right. Go back to doing whatever you're going to do. But, like, those little moments of just, like, letting guys know you have an option. Yeah. Like, there's someone to talk to. Just send a text. Yeah. Right. Another great community
0: that is out there. (laughs) is the Deckstars <laughs> community. <laughs> there
2: it is. <laughs> you guys all do oh, yeah, it. No, no, yeah. wow. It's the Deckstars
0: community brought to you by Regal Ideas <laughs> <laughs> because Regal Ideas has created a platform called deck where they want to create that community and educate the community on how to install their products and to be able to give them jobs because regal ideas, they've worked with a lot of different HDTV shows and they get a lot of leads that come in <laughs> and they want to be able to send those leads out to local builders in their area. Um, yeah. Joey and I put on webinars where we do teaching lessons on how to install regal ideas, crystal rail, we're doing one that's going to be talking about their new web software that they have where you can build your deck on their software, lay out the decking, and it's going to spit out a complete material list for you. Big, big boom. Um, so they've got all the things and we're working with them to to build that community as well. Mm hmm. Great uh, read. Great
2: read. They, ha- they Great also, read.
0: They also it, have lighting.
1: No, no, no! Don't touch it. <laughs> <The> railing, <laughs> don't touch it. The railing it. is so easy to install. Why do they have to send professionals all over the country to teach you how to install it? Not have you met <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Dave and Joey? <laughs> Yeah, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, they they tell you to ignore half the instructions. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> no. You don't need that. Yeah. Like, From the
0: pros, I like. How we have something special in that our last episode was like, call me, or not our last episode, this is the last right, one right, that right. I listened to, was yeah. like, call me daddy, <laughs> and we're yeah. like talking about <laughs> bedroom stuff. And this episode got deep, boys. We got a little <laughs> well, emotional. Hey, here. that's
2: what we're here. Real dad. Nothing's out of bounds for dads.
3: All that <laughs> to say,
0: I hope,
2: let's get real.
0: I hope that you've gathered something from this. I hope there's been some takeaways. And if you are thinking about uh, doing therapy, Feel free to reach out to Joey. His number is no, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not a therapist. But reach out to us. We, we're more than happy to uh, to chat with you to help you through something that you're going through or to be able Amen. to uh, to connect you with people that can help you in your area.
1: And if you need someone to beat up your kid's bully, Marcus. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I was gonna say that. And I'm like, if you need help dealing with a bully, I've got two
3: bats. Two bats. <laughs>
0: the real dad podcast brass knuckles yeah.
2: <laughs> real dads <laughs> no for real leave a review we love you all equally and may the sun shine brightly on your face
0: I'm all out of sorts I'm gonna need you guys to help carry this shit I'm just here to get drunk <laughs> I would love guns, wow. wow, I just love them i've always loved them since I was a kid. I would have like um I would have like a bunker full of them
3: as he pours himself more whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> My love language is getting people drunk.